The Tape Never Lies Network. Starts now. We keep the hundred crew fed. Cars, keys, let's get it started up. Give me the car keys. Lake Shore Drive. Blog boys drive away with our takes like car thieves. Break down, we study tape and thrive. Lord Hines in his car. Fill up a goblin. Lord Hines in his car. Fill up a goblin. Hey, we're back. It's Nathan Peterman's world. We're all just living in it. Cars, keys, season one, episode 20. But guess what? We have to start this show off with a little breaking news. Breaking news. The Saint Never Lies Network. Breaking news. Breaking news into the TTNL Network news desk tomorrow. There will be a certain nerd that we all know and love, Bears nerd himself, Matthew Karstensen, on live with Adam Rank on the Sick Podcast. So we are going to promote the hell out of that and get everybody over in the chat and show up, show out for TTNL and cars. So let's bring the man of the hour in here, the superstar, Mariah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the season of her song, so I guess it does make sense to uh Oh, to thank say God it. it's over, right? Oh, thank, thank the heavens. But yeah, um, supposedly we'll be getting that set up here in a couple of minutes or a couple hours, but yeah, kind of crazy right now to think that here we are almost wrapping up the first season of Cars Keys, uh, maybe one more week after this. Then yeah. I take the whole off season off like Claudio. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of kind of <laughs> crazy that that that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Our guy Adam Rank, Adam is going to be uh, reciprocating the love, and he will be on keeping it one hundred next Wednesday with us. So that's going to be our kind of wrap up to the twenty twenty two season and it's essentially i don't want to say that it's a, a swan song because it is the pre-party to the 2023 off season that's the way that i'm looking at it because this this off season cars uh you know no matter where the bears finish likely number two or if they get number one if they finish with the number one pick overall that's that's our super bowl that's our cherry on top after a, a struggling season and I mean, I don't. Even, that's not even the best thing that came out of this season to me. Uh, there's a lot of haters out there. There's a lot of Bears beat reporters that are shitting all over a kid. And uh, number one for me always is Justin Fields. And then if they get the number one or the number two overall pick, that is a uh, you know a nice uh, parting gift to the season to go along with it as we kick the fucking door into 2023 and and uh, see what Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and potentially a new Bears president and Kevin Warren, what they can do to reshape this really moribund franchise for the 
you know, better part of what, 30, 40 years. Our lives. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, really, I think, you know, I think you put it the, the, the best way. I think when you read the news reports today yep. from Getsy and from uh, Janaco and, and everybody, the whole question of like, hey, are you going to draft Bryce Young and trade or are you going to draft CJ Stroud and, and trade? I think we can pretty much really put those to rest as much as maybe Brad Biggs may want them to. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't you don't go on and on about his leadership, right? There's so much into that position that we always talk about. Is there improvement that's necessarily? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. to sit down and, and put all of that on Justin's shoulders, no matter how many times we've talked about um, the, the roster construction and, and how when injuries started to hit, like, you yeah. know, we, we couldn't survive all of that. To sit down and think that that there should have been more, um, I think, is is really, really insulting overall to intelligent fans. Yeah, and, you know, I Phil and I talked about this a little bit last night, and he was on one side of the fence, and I was completely on the other cars. I think I know where your analysis in this will lie when I ask you this question. I feel like if Justin Fields is available in this draft, he is far and away the number one pick. That's the way that I would have it broke down. I'm not a huge fan of any of the quarterbacks available, but to me, if he is in this draft, he's the clear cut number one. If Bryce Young was CJ Stroud's size, Oh, Bryce yeah. Young would be yep. number totally one. Agree. Hands totally down. agree. Totally yep. agree. And I think you might have talked about this, but if you if folks go out and they look and see, uh, Russillo talked with um, always, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yep. And what the, what the guys always said to him was, wait till you meet. Um, wait till you meet and see him with your own eyes yeah. because the guy is, is tiny. You know, what, what made Russell Wilson be able to survive was he kind of had a thick lower body, right? Like yep. he was he was not a scrawny guy. Um, but, you know, the, Bryce Young by far is not that guy. And seeing what's happened with Tua, seeing the shots that these little guys take, if he measures 5'10", um, I think he's pretty lucky because I think yeah, it's not. Gonna, I don't. I, yeah. I think he's like a five nine and a half. I shared the guy. picture with you in in Ryan Cox in our text thread. I shared it last night on Keeping It One Hundred. Uh, I shared the picture of Kyler standing next to to Bryce Young. And again, when you're talking about Russell Wilson, just the the body structure, even from Kyler Murray to Bryce Young is. I mean, Kyler is a thicker cut kid. He's not remotely comparable athletically. Um, now, when you're talking about anticipation and accuracy, that's what separates Bryce Young in my book. That's what puts him on a so different good. level. It yes. puts him on a different level from Justin Fields, from Kyler Murray to, to, to any of these guys. That's what separates him. And that's the reason that he is up there. And those are two big things that, hey, let's be honest, Justin isn't free from warts and he he's got a long ways to go to develop into the quarterback overall that we want but this is the trap that the, these bears beat writers are falling into 
is every time that they're writing about this, it's they're they're essentially saying that he needs to be a hundred percent developed right now with this roster the way that it's constructed. There's lots to break down on Justin Fields' negative plays. We all understand yeah. that. Nobody is sitting here and saying that the kid is free from blame. There's lots that he needs to work on, but that's all part of the process. And to me, I couldn't be happier. I This kid is, is a kid that I believe in off the field. And when you hear people talk about him with the mind, with the mindset that he is an alpha in any room that he walks into cars, right? That is what I have been hoping for in a bears quarterback. You know, that Mitch was never that guy. Mitch was never going to become an alpha in a locker room. Just, just wasn't, that's not who he was. So that was the difference. But listen, just like Ryan Poles, he's had his issues. Uh, Ian Cunningham also bears organization. We know they're not free from blame. There is a lot of work to do. You can go down and you can trade down and you can accumulate a ton of draft picks. And if you start whiffing on them, then that is you're you're right back to square one again. You have to hit, you have to make progress. But I'm seeing little things with the way that their approach is that I've never seen before with Chicago yep. front offices. And I'm not underselling, and I know people probably will think I'm crazy. That video that they put out today, cars, is a complete oh, yeah. different direction for this organization behind the scenes, taking people from the public into the into the the war room, uh, showing them what they're looking at. And that that is the type of things, forward thinking things that organizations should be doing all the time. And the Bears have never done. Well, I, I think I think you nailed it, right? Like the way they've been much more media friendly than they've been before. There's a lot more emphasis on things that we've never seen. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. You know, I think, I think if we were able to sit down with polls and say, Hey man, what did you do wrong this season? I yep. think first and foremost, he would just say that um, they thought the offensive line would develop at a pace that they couldn't. And, yep. you know, Lucas Patrick, they thought to be an answer. Even when he was healthy, he did not look good, right? And so there, there are all those things. I think they've been very upfront and honest from how they've handled Roquan to some of the past conversations about Tevin to everything. I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch them as they move forward and what they do. Because, yeah, it's it's one thing if you trade back and start missing picks. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, but it's yeah. another thing when you uh, trade up and you miss them, right? So well, neither that... is great, but yeah. it, I'm I'm excited to see like what he's going to do with a full load of picks with excitement and potentially the number one pick overall. Yeah, and that's the thing. And you, I think you hit the nail on the head, Cars. You know, let's just say things work out this weekend. The Bears lose the game, Houston wins, and the Bears are drafting first overall and we see a trade and let's just say for whatever reason the bears move back to to number three or to number four overall and on draft day uh they look into trading down again they can't they're not getting the compensation that they that they covet so then they turn in the card 
on draft day and they draft Will Anderson. Now, as much as I love Will Anderson and everything about his game, if he isn't a dominant player and he's doesn't have a Javon curse year right. one. Right. Yeah. It's it's a massive failure. It really is. And th- those are the types of things that you're you're looking at. And where your point from a couple of weeks ago was a great one still. And I know this goes against the Tony Dungy philosophy, but if you don't feel like I understand you want to get great, you want to get the blue chip guy, but I can make lots of uh points where there's other guys that I can put out on the edge that I would be extremely excited about. Well, and I, I think, you know, you've got to look at it at roster building as a whole. And that's part of what we're going to to talk about today is kind of reminding everybody where we are yeah. and, and what's set up in 2023. But what you what we all need to remember right now is uh, with EQ signing a one-year contract extension, that there are 35 guys under contract for this next season. And a lot of those guys will probably not still be here next offseason, you know, after right. the offseason. So to your point, like when you look at this roster right now, um, you know, there's probably minimally three holes on the offensive line. You have one defensive tackle under contract yeah. next year. You've got one tight end. You've got one, well, two technically uh, in linebackers, depending on how you feel on Weatherford. Um, but those two, you know, those are two UDFAs at that position. You've got three defensive ends that you didn't get a whole lot of production out of. So when you look at like, the part of the reason I sit down and say that is if you move forward and you pick where you're at, if you do not have a massive home run off season, it's it is a loss because Will Anderson is not going to be able to have the impact that we would want being just a guy unless Deron Payne or Draymond Jones or you know Javon Hargrave or whoever else. But that's the thing. If I mean, it, they're not. They're never going to do a Deron Payne, Javon Hargrave combo. But the, no. the the other names that you're talking about, there's a pathway to them drafting. Let's just say Will Anderson. And also having Deron Payne here, and also having you know we we talked about it bringing in a guy like Tremaine Edmonds potentially. There's going to be a lot of signings on the defensive side of the ball that are going to be you know very intriguing. There you know I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of names. Um, I know we're going to be breaking down some of the free agency stuff on the patron side, but. Um, there is definitely a blueprint cars that we have talked about multiple times to where they can completely revamp this defensive line just in free agency. And then, then everything is, is, is wide open in the, uh, in the NFL draft. And like I said, I, I, I like Anderson a whole bunch. Obviously I love Jalen Carter's game. He's going to have to answer a lot of questions about the motor i'm not going to get involved in the in the off-field stuff because i've never heard or seen any of it so I, i'm i'm going to refrain from from even commenting on that but you do see 
points when the motor isn't there, but it's running hot. Yep. There's, you know, when your team is up 30 at the end of the first quarter and you're looking at your financial future, maybe, you know, that could be part of it. But those are the that's why you need to sit down with kids, you know, at the combine and you need to ask them those tough questions. You need to get into their head. That's why when you, when you hear the word due diligence, I think that that's going to be a key phrasing that we're going to hear in the end of season presser is due diligence. They they can't say, oh, we heard this or we think that. No, you go find out. You have to find out with each and every single prospect because there is a chance. I mean, if the Bears go down, I, I don't know. I You and I haven't talked about this, but if the Bears move down and they – that they like Tyree Wilson, let's just say. Yep. That's a name I happen to love. And there's another guy Agreed. that that is probably a little bit lower, but if you're talking in terms of explosion, explosion, the kid from, from FSU is extremely explosive. So there's other pathways that are there. I don't think they have the complete package that will anderson does i know somebody in the chat said that he uh is a linebacker and a defensive end well that's if you've followed this team for any amount of time you look at the defensive ends that chicago had and like alex brown wale was a little bit bigger but this this kid's 21 years old he's still growing he's going to get into an nfl offseason he's big enough to play defensive end in this system well, and Shaq Leonard, I mean, really saw some snaps yeah. at defensive end as well, right? I mean, it, it's it's what would be interesting about him is how they they view him. I know they want him to get to the pass rusher and things like that, but you know, if you remember, I don't know how old so so many of you are, so please forgive me, but I always go back to the old Charles Haley elephant role, right, where a guy yeah. was really more of a hybrid, yeah. but in a traditional four three defense. So. There are there are ways to draft him, and it and it doesn't really matter, um, you know, frankly. But yeah, it is. Um, it is this again. When we look at roster construction, and we start to talk about who are the sure things on this team, and mm -hmm. where are the holes, uh, everything is going to come back to how they're able to attack free agency with nearly 120 million. If they cannot sit down and get all the guys that they want yep. i'm going to tell you right now they're gonna they're gonna make a trade down it, it, it's it's as pure as day and if it's number one even if they get the guys that they want they're making a trade down because this is the time when teams get qb heavy i think we've talked about this before shane the best oh, yeah. thing to happen for the bears right now is the Kentucky kid and the Florida kid keep talking about top ten, top fifteen picks? And it happens every year, cars. We we oh. you you and I were talking in the green room pre pre show, and you brought up twenty eleven. Just throw out some of the names that were in that draft, and I mean it's it's you go QB crazy, right? Yeah. And it ends up being Cam Newton one, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, and then Christian Ponder. You know, 2000, I love to talk about a lot, right? Yeah. When it was Couch, McNabb, uh, Achilles Smith. That was 99. That 99, was sorry. Yeah. yeah. Cade McNown, yeah. Cade McNown, Dante Culpepper, right? Like all of these names, when, when we see, when you look at every team that is competing in the playoffs this year, if you pull back for a second and look at every team that has failed, right? That P Tennessee had big 
big dreams for playoffs. Ryan Tannehill had a bad season and they made a bad trade for AJ Brown. You look at where San Francisco started with Trey Lance and, and where it ended. You look at how the New York Jets rebuild is completely screwed up because yep. Zach Wilson isn't that guy. But you look at an ascending team like Jacksonville, who took Trevor Lawrence to go. No matter what, QB will always go crazy. And Eric, I, I have to totally disagree. That's that's never going to be the case. Yeah, there's it's supply and demand, and there's just not oh. – yeah, there's not Since- enough. Cincinnati made it to the Super Bowl last year with a last bottom third offensive line that could not keep Joe Burrow upright. But because Joe Burrow was so good throwing at Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins, they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, teams are going to see that if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And so all these teams. No matter what, that's how Paxton Lynch ends up as a first rounder, right? This is. Oh, you didn't is, like him, Cars? No, Kyle Bowler, right? Like I think you Dustin have, Reagan Padilla still has a Paxton Lynch jersey. Uh, it's it's actually a, a footy pajama that he wears uh, every <laughs> night. So when I mean, like when you when you when you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance, and and so. You know, I, I think there's some some interesting places here. Like when you talk about San Francisco, um, there's a ton of talent all over. Uh, I'm really interested to see what happens comes the playoffs because it's not like this has been some otherworldly teams that they've been playing. Right. But this they will over the listen. If you need a quarterback, you are going to look. And, and study every single one of them and convince yourself that you have to draft this guy or else you're going to lose. Well, and let's be honest. The, the last game that they saw Bryce Young play, the last game that they saw C.J. Stroud play, couldn't have went better for the Chicago oh, Bears. Absolutely. I mean, it's... it's exactly what you wanted not that they are in play for the bears we're not saying that at all even though there's morons out there that are that are trying to push that bullshit narrative to 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 get attention and i mean bears beat writers included uh but you want them you want that to be the lasting image and when you say that it when you say that it doesn't matter it matters there's guys that will blow up at the senior bowl that will get them drafted that'll push them into the first round. The reason Michael Haynes is a Chicago Bear is because of his play at the Senior Bowl. What we need to do as fans is love the shit out of every Will Livis uh, highlight video that shows up on Twitter, right? We want to get that absolutely going because yeah. I think it's you're, you're absolutely right, right? Like there, there's this, there's this crazy thing of you. You have a great throwing session. Zach Wilson went number two overall because of a rollout bomb he threw in a scripted throwing off platform, yeah, off in a scripted play, and that's that's exactly what it's going to take, you know, for for every guy like you know Trevor or or um, you know anybody else, teams are going to talk themselves up into these guys because again, if you look around at some of these at some of these teams. Look at Baltimore and how they've really struggled offensively without Lamar yep. Jackson. Not a ton of talent, 
but it hasn't been the same since he's been out. You look at Justin Herbert. Williams has been out a lot. Keenan Allen has been out a lot. The line has been ravaged by injury. He's still got them in playoffs because of how good of a player he was. Look at what Jalen Hurts has done and how the offense has looked like complete crap uh, with Gardner Minshew, right? So if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have it. So they will always overvalue. They will always overdraft quarterbacks. It's it's never going to go away. And when you yeah. look at all these teams that think they're a quarterback away or, you know, need right. that quarterback, this year worked out perfectly for us because teams like Carolina and others are about, you know, Indianapolis completely fell off the map. They need, they're going to be desperate for quarterbacks. And, it's and, a and big win. They, they can't go the vet route again. They've, they've, exhausted that year after year after year but uh vincent Burnell, cars we talked about this you know with the bears being in the top two yeah it is it's true they would be one of the staffs invited and they that would be something that they would jump on i know uh you say kasul was trying to break news like he had some inside info saying that but i mean it's common fucking knowledge so i'm sorry to burst his bubble but um yeah yeah oh yeah exactly i mean he's a twi- twitter blue guy so he's he's a badass but it's neither here nor there but everybody knows that if you're finishing in the t- you know one or two your staff is going down there and that that cars that's another added benefit to a shitty regular season is this you get these 15 minute windows with these prospects well that is amplified twofold because you are with these guys that are on your roster down there, you have access to them a whole lot more than these other staffs do. And that's where you can you can collect more intel. You actually have even the guys on the other side, you know, the, the north and the south. You, yep. you see, you see the interactions, you see who it matters to. And you know, Phil brought up a point last night is you want to have guys that love football that you Absolutely. don't have to worry about. And that's much as you don't want to talk about it that's one of the things that's putting up a red flag with tevin is he completely invested does he love it 24 7 365 is it even a huge priority in his life every single day those are the things those are the types of things that you have to find out going into this offseason it's why it is so huge for this entire organization moving forward you're you're right and and to piggyback onto that no it it doesn't affect the bears at all because you know they're going to get more time with their team and their players but they're going to be able to see these guys all the time the only thing that's going to affect the bears in that regard is that they don't have i don't think they have as many picks as the houston texans do um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the the time where you see a player like, you know, Darnell Wright from Tennessee starting to move up draft boards because of a good senior bowl, right? Like yeah. these guys that come around and develop and now are around a coaching staff and you can see that you can get something from them or how they practice or how their heart is. All of a sudden what it does is it gives your scouts a lot more ammo. Yep. And it starts giving you names and ideas of I'm going to trade back from here to here and this is the pool of players that i want 
I'm adding in this player because of their performance in the senior bowl or in the practices. I'm yanking this player out. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's extremely valuable for a team that yep. really wants to, is, is very hands-on all across the board. I think it's really going to be extremely helpful for us identifying, you know, all the prospects that we can do. So we have a little bit more breaking news here. Breaking news. The tape never lies. Network breaking news. This isn't, uh, you know, uh, NFL draft news or anything like that, but it is something that is uh, should be first and foremost on everybody's mind with what happened. Adam Schefter just tweeted out donations for DeMar Hamlin's Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive are now over $7.5 million total, including a recent donation of $19,203 from the Chicago Bears, 1920 being the year the Bears were founded and number three being Hamlin's number. So nice touch from our favorite team. Getting involved, you always, like um, you know, you always want to see that. But uh, I know you didn't get a chance to talk about it, and uh, we we talked about it a little bit, cars. But just real quick before we start diving into some of these numbers, uh, your thoughts um, on Hamlin and everything that unfolded with him. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's as cheesy and overdone as it is, right? It does matter that we're. I'm extremely happy to hear that he is making yep. the, a recovery as slow as it may be, that he's alert. Um, it was super, I, I, I just remember turning on the TV shortly before it happened and just kind of being in awe. Um, I think, so I, that's the good part. The, the bad part is I am, um, 2023 is going to be the year of stop stop amplifying bad takes. So the uh, Skip Bayless, who should be jobless, um, who was the other, Bart Scott, who I yeah. thought was uh, ridiculous. You know, I, I, I'm really upset at some of the takes of like, let's worry about the playoffs. I'm super glad that the NFL said, let's do, let's worry about the players. I was super impressed with the way that both coaches handled it. Hats off to the medical staff that really did everything to save that guy's life. So I'm super glad that everything is on the up and up. I can only imagine for Buffalo next, this upcoming week, uh, where their heads are going to be, it's going to be very tough for them to to be focused. But all in all, uh, I'm super, as devastating of a moment as it was, super excited for the way that everybody for once handled it the right freaking way which you cannot say often enough about the nfl yeah absolutely and i'm not like i said i i put my my sentiments out there last night and it really echoes what you said i can't imagine uh being in that position you know we're 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 both parents and when you think about seeing your your child down there and i don't give a shit if it's 24 34 whatever it is it's still your child cool. down there And um, always your baby. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, yeah, thoughts. uh, You know, uh, obviously with uh, him and his family, the the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, and really, you know, all of the NFL. Because, like you said, it it affects everybody. It gives you it gives you pause just for a second. And 
know, Sam Mustafer spoke on it and he said it, you know, he, he mentioned that he knows what he signed up for and he had, he really had some great perspective on it. He's like, I know when I play the game of football, I know what I'm signing up for. I know that there's huge risks. There's also huge rewards that come with it, but I know that really, really bad things can happen. But the difference is my family didn't sign up for that. I did. And when things like that, if that happened to me on the field, I know that that is a byproduct of what I do that can potentially happen. My mom, my girlfriend, my wife, whomever sitting in the stands, they didn't sign up for that part of it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, you know, you, you, you tend to forget about that perspective. So Sam had some great, great uh, insight on that it's part. It's funny they said that because when when everything was happening back with Tua, one of the things I like to go back and and again this will age myself and yep. I think you'll remember this, but you know there was a quarterback in the NFL uh, for the Atlanta Falcons by the name of Chris Miller, oh, yeah. and Chris um, Chris got knocked out because of concussions, but there was an article talking about his wife and how she would watch a game after these concussions started to pile up. Yep. And how every hit she felt and, and, and all of this. And you, you you get the sense of like, you know, these guys are warriors. They want to compete. They want to be the ones that sit down and say, I'm done. They don't want the game to tell them they're done. But you you watch these things and you hear those 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 stories about the families. Yep. It makes me think a lot of about a guy like Matt Stafford who lacerated a spine and whatever else this offseason like. Yeah. At some point, you know, you got to tell you, your body is just saying, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And don't make your family, you know, and, and again, there are freak things that happen. I'm not saying that no guy should play. Everything has to be a personal choice. But when things start to, to rack up a little bit, you got to yeah. really play it careful. Yeah. I would uh, refer everybody, um, you know, uh, the, the, the shows that they put out on NFL Network, A Football Life, if you go watch uh, Kurt Warner, the installment of Kurt Warner, it's Football Life, when he, I forget who they were playing. It was when he was with Arizona. Might have They may have been playing San Francisco. When he got absolutely laid out and was unconscious there, and you, they have the camera on his wife in the stands, oh. and then she's talking about it. And she's like, that's when I knew then he was, he had to be done or I had to, I, I couldn't be, at, you know, at the game involved anymore. in this anymore. I just couldn't do it. And um, if you do get a chance to see that, uh, just take a peek at it, even if it's just that segment, because it is, it's extremely powerful. And we've all been through uh, things with our, with our, kids you know ryan cox obviously in the chat uh myself uh ivan vargas you know especially when that you know when riley went in for his surgery when he was dealing with that i'll tell you what there's there is no more lonely feeling when your son is sedated and the medical team comes down into the waiting room where you are and they wheel him away and you have no power it is the worst feeling and i took the world I took, I still have the picture on my phone. I don't even like to, to look at it. I can't see my son's face, but it's the entire medical team 
pushing him down the you know the hallway and i needed i just needed to have that picture you know you don't know what's going to happen in that case and it's you know much like in sports every time you suit up every time you buckle that chin strap something bad can happen i don't give a shit if it's in the nba if it's in hockey any any sport high school you know little league included things and things it wasn't can like it was a big hit you know it was a it was it, josh allen said the best it was a it was a football play sometimes you just you know you just don't know what's going to happen and yeah it's yep so tough yeah all right well we got that part of it cars i know everybody is here and they got their calculators ready and they want to crunch some fucking numbers and and see what's going on but let's uh let's get into the cars key keys uh nerd up bear down portion of our show absolutely and so leo that is part of what we're going to start to talk like we'll talk a little bit more about roster construction but this is the way that I want to frame the conversation about how we go forward. People uh, can always disagree, but you know the things that are important are, it starts off here. So remind, remind yourself going into this off season, 35 guys with EQ under contract uh, now on the roster, just slightly 91 million over 91 million dollars in active contracts across those 35 players but what really stands out is that over a third of that those numbers are in two players eddie jackson and, and cody whitehair and spoiler alert both of those guys are also on, on uh 30 or older right so when you're when you're sitting down and talking about 91 million across 35 players you're talking about 60 million across 33 additional players we are going to sit down and have just under 120 million to go but when you start to look at these things and we're going to break down the roster a little bit um you have one defensive tackle three defensive ends one linebacker one center one tight end right you are thin all over the place and where you have enough bodies, those are not bodies that you want. So kind of remember this as you go forward. What I've done is we're gonna talk through the offensive um, team and the defensive teams and the rosters as they sit today. But I did start to color code these because of course I'm a nerd and if I can't sticky note <laughs> it on a tab, right? I have to sit down and, and do that. So if you see a name and it's black, most likely that person is uh, is set in that role. Uh, blue is easily upgradable position. Some of you may get upset at names that I've highlighted in blue. <laughs> Good. It's almost like we talked about this pre-show yes. cars. Oh, weirdly. <laughs> um, but what that means isn't necessarily like, I'll spoiler alert, Darnell Mooney is, is listed in blue. It's not that I don't think he will be here, but I think if we get another guy above him, it slots him down one where he sits down to be. Um, so just think of it that way. Orange means I have feelings, and I'm pretty sure that Shane sits down and has feelings um, you know, about some of these guys, but orange means I'm uncertain about the role. So I have Braxton Jones in orange, not necessarily meaning that I think he's not bad, uh, but he's in orange simply because I don't think 
you know, we know for 100% if they're sold at him at left tackle. And guys, please stop with the Mustafer. He's not under contract next year. He can't hurt you like Dieter Eisland did last week. Oh, oh did I say that out loud? Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and then last but not least, Red is for even with their play or because of it, uh, those guys can be addition. Those guys can be moved for additional cap savings. So we've talked a lot about white hair and those and those guys. You're going to see, again, remember the 35 guys currently that are under contract. Two of them, by the way, are your um, kicker and punter, right? So um, so is – you had one center. Patrick, He did he do a two-year deal or one? I have him as a guard. You have him as a guard? Um, okay, that's Doug what I was Kramer. I, Doug, Kramer Doug Kramer is a center, but I have – it's really weird because I have Patrick listed as a center, but I think he's going to get cut – it gets a yep. little bit. It gets a little bit messy. So, uh, let's talk about offense. So I'm not even worrying about the second string overall. But if you look at where we are on offense and the dollar amounts of everybody tied into it, here you go. So if you look across this board, there is a chance, and I know Shane, you and I have talked about this. Uh, I, there's a chance that we can have five new starters on offensive line next year. Yeah, it's 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 not out of the the realm of possibilities whatsoever, Cars, because there's we talked about it last night. I think you and I talked about it last week. There's nobody on this offense or defensive line that you say that would prevent you from where you see a clear upgrade, you know, where you could potentially sign them or trade or draft. Exactly. Exactly. So when you look at that, listen, I like Khalil Herbert. The reason he's in black is because of the way that they've talked about his skill set, because of the way they talk about his one cut and move. But to kind of everybody's point in the chat, you're talking Justin Fields and, and Khalil Herbert as the only things uh, that are on there. So again, remember, blue upgradable, orange uncertain, uh, red really potential cut. So... Um, I have Alex Leatherwood there as, as starting over Larry Borum. He's more of a, a easily upgradable part. I think his contract prevents him from being cut right now, but he does. it's somebody that they're going to continue to, to work on. Um, Tevin Jenkins, you know, with his injury and everything else, I have no, and, and his attitude, and from everything we keep hearing, right, there's some disagreement between him and the staff about his position or where he wants to play and how much he wants to play. But when you look at this overall, the key things to remember, one, I'm talking about potentially upgrading nine-plus positions uh, on offense and your starters. And that offense is a total amount of 44, just under $45 million dollars. In salary cap. Now, Shane, anything that you disagree with here on this list? No, I mean, I the Leatherwood thing, I, I'm not sure. Like I said, I think that they could, I'm not even sure if money's going to save him in his, in his contract. That's a good point. Cars, good point. that would be like the only thing that I potentially push back at because, listen, they claimed him as a first round draft pick second year in the league uh he's 
when you look at him, he fits the part to a T. Uh, he always he's got the long arms, yep. tall guy, you know, stuff like that. But he's just he's never he's always been the guy that just didn't have that next gear. Like Jesus, Alex, you're you fit the part. You just do not. I need to. You know, he was like that at Alabama. He really was. Saban was always on his ass about it, and. I st- and I understand the the mono set him back, but I'm he did still not st- look. I'm still stuck on the fact that when you're active and you're still not playing, and listen. If you have mono and you're not ready to play, then don't make him active. But he was active for a you know a handful of weeks, and he still got no play. Then they put him in there, and he looked like. Raiders, Alex Leatherwood. Now, maybe their plan is a complete reset, a complete offseason in their program with him. I'm not sure, but I just me, from my perspective, even with his contract, I'm not sure that can – I'm not sure that's going to really come into play with Poles and Cunningham, and they're going to say, all right, he's making this, so we have to keep them. I just don't think that he's his play doesn't warrant it. So the yeah, uh, just so everybody is aware, if you cut Alex Leatherwood, it yep. actually costs you an additional right. two point six million. Uh, but if you release Cody Whitehair, you are saving about five point eight million dollars, right? If yep. you say if you if you cut Lucas Patrick, you are saving just under four million dollars. I think Larry Borum. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a good sign for him that how bad uh, how bad he looked and how they kept trying to him at all these different places. You save just under nine hundred thousand for moving on from him. I would say to me, with Larry Borum, there's I would say there's probably in more to me. Larry Borum is wildly out of shape. And he needs yeah, that's where he needs to get in better shape. Um, he's got a, a desire issue too to me, where it just doesn't look like he. Well, I think a lot of these guys have fallen into the trap of, you know, in cars. You know, you, we talked about it a little bit today. J- Josh Schrock of NBC Sports Chicago had a conversation with Tevin, and he really alluded to that the entire disconnect with Tevin came when. They essentially told him they didn't see him as an offensive tackle. They saw him as an offensive guard. And I know Phil's probably licking the computer screen right now, watching at home, hearing that. And that's fine. But like we brought this up last night and I said it to Phil. Phil had him graded as a left tackle and that that's completely fine. But there was people within the NFL that also had him graded as a guard. I mean, yeah. we interviewed people that had him graded as a guard. And to their point, he succeeded at guard while he was playing, but there's been other, you know, questions along the way with him. I wonder if Tevin and Larry in the same draft class didn't kind of say to themselves, Hey, this offensive line's kind of a fucking problem. We've already played. We're here. This is our fucking job. Because to me, I mean, Larry Borum, you look at Larry Borum, he he looks like Jason Peters' size when he 
wasn't in the league. I mean, he just looks sloppy as hell. And he to looks me, like I uh, could... Eddie Murphy's character in the clumps, right? Like he yeah. just looks and soft. Tevin Tevin walking off the field the other day, even Phil, he's like, dude, he he's he's a little sloppy too. And that that's the that that stuff all matters. That is part of when you're talking hits philosophy, it's not just on the field. You have to have buy-in off the field. Like I said, NFL isn't Sundays. It's every day. And if it's not every day, you look like you do on the field where you yeah. look out of shape. Yeah, he's got it. Larry's got to get in shape 100%. Um, so it, it just gets, I mean, it's ugly. So when you look at that, again, when you sit down and, and say, you know, I have no idea what they're going to do at running back. I have a feeling that Blossom game will be back at fullback. But you're, you're really talking about mass change uh, that's needed. And if Tevin Jenkins isn't the answer, I really think you're looking at four new starting offensive line, which is a bit of a disaster. It will get righted, right, as everybody gets gets picks. But the other reason we're there as far as the offensive line is Ryan yep. Pace skipped so many drafts of offensive linemen. He never rebuilt, um, you know, it, it just it just becomes a mess really quick. So remember that as we talk about offense um, and where we're going. And again, when we start having these conversations about trade downs in the draft and why we're looking at that, if I show you an offense that I think we need easily 10 new people, I'm going to show you defense right now where, you know, maybe you've got four guys uh, that are that are fine where they are. Um, you're talking about needing to have an address in an off season. Seventeen new starters on this franchise. Like I want you to pause and, and think about that number. If I have all these positions that are all up for grabs, seventeen starters on offense and defense. That's a massive undertaking that shows you again how far away we really are so again when we look at this list blue means upgradable i don't think anyone's going to uh take away from that jalen jones i think shane you and i both have really liked but i yep. don't know what the team has felt about him um if you look at eddie jackson again that's another big save uh it's, uh, you know, it's more money. But yeah, Muhammad is a nice rotational piece at four and a half million, but you're going to move on from him if you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Justin Absolutely. Jones is a nice rotational player at 7.4. You're going to move on from him as you can. Uh, Travis Gibson, I don't really think flashed as much as we had hoped that he would. No, uh, Alex Shapiro last night on Keeping It 100 picked him as one of his most disappointing players. And I would tend to agree with that. I mean, he's, I don't think he's going to be a guy that they just, you know, throw into the, you know, throw out and, and move on from. I think they'll, they'll keep him around, but he's, he has to show more to have any type of a future here in Chicago in terms of a guy that you, you know, 
secure or I don't want to say secure him financially, but a guy that you're going to invest in to keep him here longer than his rookie deal. Cause right now he's going to do the year four and Bounce. go someplace else. And, and the reason I'm highlighting Noah's point here is, yeah, I have these guys in blue because unless there's clear cut upgrades, yep. uh, their values are at a point where, you know, you're not overpaying for these guys. You're not going to sit down and carry dead cap numbers like you did for Quinn and Mac. So yeah, you're, these are guys that I think that you're going to sit down and 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 keep. If you look at this list, Shane, anything that stands out to you? Anything that you disagree on whatsoever? Just the spelling of Kyler Gordon's last name. Uh, but, yep. You know. Yep. That's that's what happens when you're trying to rush. Uh, so no, I, yeah. I had to bust your balls a little bit. No. Um, Definitely the one thing that stands out to me, Cars, is, you know, you talk about Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Jalen Jones, is they, this defensive back group that they have brought in, I mean, go back and watch Valus's return this past week and look at the guys that are making the blocks. Blackwell. A.J. Thomas. Uh Elijah Hicks, you know, these are guys that in this DB, yes, they've had their warts. And I'll be honest, and this is probably going to shock a lot of people. If I was to pick, this is, let me ask you this too, and I'll go first. If I pick, we're going to pick our most overrated players, guys that are getting a shitload of hype that maybe are not living up to it. You know, just not warranted. And I'll be honest, this is probably going to blow a lot of people away. I'm going to say on the defensive side of the ball, it's Jaquan Brisker. I love the player, but he has, we talked, Kyler Gordon took a lot of shit early on, playing a much more difficult position, playing inside, coming into the NFL. Yes, he had his warts, but Jaquan Brisker, when he has missed, it's big. not 12 yards, it's 40 yards, and it's touchdowns. And I see little things in Jaquan away from the feet. I don't want to say social media yeah. saying that, you know, he's being disrespected for defensive rookie of the year. Well, go out and make some plays. Don't go out and miss tackles. Don't go out and miss your assignment. Don't go out and play freelance and let Jalen Hurts essentially walk in. I want to see more from Jaquan Brisker. I love the kid's talent, Completely. but at this point with me, he's been overrated with the pedestal that I think a lot of Bears fans put him on. I think he needs a coming to Jesus meeting with Ryan Poles and be like, all right, we understand. Listen, the defensive line is trash. We understand that. As the defensive line in front of you gets better, that's going to help make your job. There was plays there for him to make, Cars, as bad as this defensive line was, and he whiffed on a lot of them, and he's got, he has regressed as the season has went on. Well, that's what kills me about him, and I would completely agree with that because his highs are extremely high, right? When he, he has shown the athleticism, he has shown some great blitzing right he has shown some good enforcing yeah. plays but his lows are are extremely low 
right? And so when you when you see that, um, I think you, you're you're spot on with Kyler Gordon, right? Kyler started slow and ascended. It feels like Brisker popped real quick and then has kind of fallen off. And I think um, I, I think Creighton actually has a very good point. You know, when when Eddie oh, went down, part of it, right? He started to press and guess a lot more. Can't do that in this defense, cars. No, because that's why it. Roquan's not right. here either. You guess and you're wrong, and big plays happen. Now Sanborn made up for some of those guesses because he was so instinctual, but Nicholas Morrow didn't make up for those things, right? And so yeah. you keep seeing the, these things. I. I think Eric has a good point. I, I think we've just hit the the point where all the the losing and the the inability for the defensive line to generate any pressure has just made everybody press and do some yeah, unnatural well, things. Brisker's one of our leading guys for sacks, correct? He's our number one number guy one guy. For yeah, sacks. so there, yeah. that tells you all you need to know about that defensive line, which is not. Not breaking news, but and I, I listen. I am not saying that the kid needs to re, be replaced. Nope. I love the talent, but he's been overrated just... because the team's been so bad. You're yep. sometimes you overreach for bright spots. I think yep. is the way I would say it. And that's been the life of a Bears fan for for decades. Cars, you know, it really is. You, know, uh, I I go back and you've heard me bring it up. You know, Marcus Robinson comes out of nowhere, and you remember Devin Aroma should do. Oh, holy shit, where did we get? I love that guy. Oh. I just didn't know what he was like in meetings, and it sounds like he wasn't invested in at all or you know showing up late. But that that's uh yeah, that's that's what it is. Worst pass rusher, Muhammad. Yeah, for what they've paid him, and it, uh, listen, it's not when a he's, lot when he's your your highest paid guy after Quinn left you know what did he have like maybe five and a half or seven and a half sacks yep last year but he's he i mean he has done it a couple of times but cars the first nine ten games i'm not sure if he set the edge one time no i mean gibson and robinson started out hot mm -hmm. and which i mean one game and then fell off muhammad has just not made an impact in the past rush at all and he hasn't you know the the reason you're okay with that is because he's to your point because you you are a great run defender well when the sacks weren't coming he stopped gap but ability you maintaining yep. gaps he stopped doing all the work all of a sudden that fell apart yeah he um if you look i, I think this again goes back to polls and everything uh, if you ask them some of the biggest disappointments, it would be a guy like Amoro and uh, and, oh, Al, I, and and Muhammad because they've they've just not measured up at all. Um, Moro was a name that, that uh, Shapiro brought up again last night, and and I was in line with him too, cars. You know, we 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 talked about that. He was a guy that couldn't stay healthy with the Raiders, but he. He was a you know body beautiful guy. He fit the type. He he fit of what you think of yes. Flu Swans at linebacker. But he has he has completely underwhelmed. I mean, if they if they brought him back to me and put him in a backup type role, 
that would be more acceptable to me. But he, to me, if if you go into the twenty three season and he's a starter in your linebacker core, to me that's a that's a big mistake. Completely agreed, right? And so when you kind of when you kind of look at all those things, it it just became a mess. You know, if it, when it fell apart, it fell apart quickly. And I would love, you know, I've seen this a few times. I'm glad that we don't didn't have to do it, but I would have loved to seen this defense in a in a weird masochistic way if Sanborn wasn't there. Yeah. Because because that he was such a trendsetter, he was such a tone setter in his ways yep. of getting around blocks and everything. How bad would this defense have been without him? I think we're seeing the last we're seeing couple it, yeah. of weeks. And yeah. so yeah, there was there were a lot of misses. Now I will go back to remind everybody we had shit for cap space and a whole and a whole roster laden, so it became needing people to you know warm bodies basically because we didn't have them but when you look at like angelo blackson has been a nothing um pennell has been really good you know as of late justin jones has has flashed we've got nothing from the defensive end wouldn't you agree jones signed a two-year deal uh i mentioned this last night also and i'll see if you agree with it to me his perfect spot is as the third guy, as a rotational piece. He's not a oh, – I yeah. think he would be at his best as the guy. You know, I, I I know I always talk about him, but Philly. Philly is so deep. They're just, they're just rotating guy after guy after guy after guy, and that's why they have 68 sacks on the year as a, as a team. Don't um, they have, like, four double-digit sack guys? Yeah, it's yeah Brandon insane. Graham for the first time in his career uh, – I know Fletcher Cox was was close. Brandon uh, Graham, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, and it are all all there. Yeah, and what and do you want on Reddick? Yeah, Reddick. <laughs> Reddick at you, sixteen. You have Brandon Graham at eleven, Hargrave at eleven, Sweat at eleven. Yeah, and, and what do you want to bet when the playoffs get here, cars? They're going to be bringing a grizzled vet in that rotation in Robert Quinn, that'll probably end up making an impact in a game in the playoffs. You don't need them now, right? And no, you're exactly. absolutely you're absolutely yeah. right. And they will do crazy packages with, you know, sweat inside or yeah. you know, do all yeah, those things. They're, they're NASCAR. They're they'll oh, create the NASCAR package. Yeah. And it's that that's what it is. You know, I always go back to that 2018 draft and I can post my my top uh 31 or my top 30 from the 2018 draft cars you've seen that mm-hmm. and i have sweat josh sweat in my rankings for that i have him in in on one of your free agents i know that you're gonna have up there in, in jesse bates at uh safety but that you know i was screaming driving back from outer banks during the draft on day three take sweat take sweat please take josh sweat they took iggy abun away and Unfortunately, the rest is history. Yeah, and it, I mean, but it, it totally stands out. And if again, if you want to look at recent memory, right, I always go back to Seattle when they could put in, what was it, Bennett, Avril, a, uh, Chris Clemens, like a whole bunch of guys. They could just yeah. rotate guys in and, and go. And uh, it, it, it 
really when you can do that, when when your second string guy or your third string guy is still just as good as the first string guy, it's going to wear out offenses. It's it's extremely important uh, to to remember that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm super jealous of that. I'm going to be interested to see what happens with them this off season with so many of them being free agents. But God, it's it's such a luxury for them to have. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, if you you can get after the quarterback, you can have guys in the back end that are missing their assignments that look a whole lot better than they than they really are. And I mean, that's the they've been a team that's built that's believed you build in the trenches. I mean, they they have all that. And who was their first round draft pick last year? Do you remember Jordan Davis? <laughs> you know, and they they made all those free agent moves. They still traded for Robert Quinn and. Guess what? They have a top 10 pick right now because they own the Saints pick. And you don't think that they'll, I mean, they, they could take the kid out of Clemson inside and have have uh, Breezy and, and Jordan Davis on the interior of their line oh, it's moving ridiculous. forward. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy to think about. And and so I want to go back to to this question. You know, last year we handled about, uh, I think it was in total just under $24 million of cap space yep. was inherited because of all the void years and everything on deals. So Poles did not, that was why it was such a big deal that he tried to pay Ogan Joby so much money up front was because that was going to take up so much of the cap as it was. So now, yeah, we're sitting at about just shy of 120 with a couple of small moves. Um, you know, it it can be uh, it can be really advantageous for us. Um, so, last but not least, and I see this show up a lot in question. And Shane and I have not really talked a ton about all the names, um, but I want to, you know, so some of the questions about like who would you go look to to sign, and what do those look like? So, I'm going to flash this up for a second here. Um, so come of these some of these estimates of, of money, right? These come from Spotrax numbers. So what they do is they look at players with similar age and production when they last signed their deal, uh, what they got. Like one of the ones that's very interesting is um, for Deron Payne, they use the contract that Hargrave sold, signed when he was 27 years old, not currently, but what he signed at that point in time. Some of the numbers I felt were undervalued. Like they had a Orlando Brown at just around 20-ish million. And I felt like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bump that up a little bit, even with the down the downer of a year. Uh, and Hargrave I demoted a little bit because they had him at over 20 million dollars. And I couldn't figure out how you pay a defensive tackle at 31. Yeah. Uh, I mean it, that amount. I love the talent there, cars, but um I forget who it was I talked to about it. I, I like the talent, but when you're at the point that the Bears are, I am not spending that type of money for a guy that's 30, 31 years old. It just doesn't fit into my into for, my blueprint. You know, I'll, for a I'll two year deal, you'll yeah. do it to fill it until you can get a young guy in, but you're not gonna be going out and giving Hargrave a three, four year deal. No. That's just not no. gonna be the case. Yeah. Um so when you look through this list, understanding that the the wideouts aren't the greatest names, but these are 
the top wideouts that are available. And so when you look at this list, you know, that's, again, why you've heard Shane and I talk a lot about Gusecki down there, because the value that you'll get out of him as a tight end is on par, if not better, than what you would get out of those wide receivers. And it's going to make your other tight end better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great point. So, you know, these are just things that I want you to be aware of. Like when we start talking about what is the impact of me signing all these guys? Well, one, we can't. If if you signed everybody on this list, uh, you're going to have $190 million worth of spend. Now, one of the things that I threw in here at the end was Jesse Bates who I think is in all seriousness in play for the Bears because Eddie is sitting at 30 or will be turning 30 during this season. Uh, Jesse Bates is still sitting there at 26, 27 years old. So he is a, a very ascending individual. From this list, uh, really the guys, and understanding Shane, you'll have your own list overall. Oh yeah, but but for me, the guys that I would a hundred percent be looking at, it's going to be a little bit more than five. Uh, but Nate Davis at guard for me, uh, Pochick at center for me, Gasecki at tight end for me, uh, Deron Payne, Draymond Jones, Tremaine Edmonds, and Jesse Bates. Those are the names that to me go. Uh, HL, I, I normally would agree with you, but Cincinnati just drafted his replacement this past season. They've been unable after two seasons to come up with a franchise tag number. He is gone. Uh, just a matter of where. So again, Nate Davis, Pochick, Gasecki, Payne, Jones, Edmund, and Bates. Those are the guys that I am extremely happy for. Uh, yep. What do you take? No, I agree, Cars, and I mean, this is really an easy way to to look at it. You know, if you're going to put it in the most simplistic terms, Ryan Poles, part of his blueprint in this free agency is he's going to pay guys that they think that can make an impact that are young. There's going to be a blueprint. Like you said, they're not going to go out and give uh, Hargrave a four or a five year contract because he blew up this year. And you're talking, you know, Draymond Jones, I believe, what is he? 25 years old. Tremaine Edmonds is 24 years old. Deron Payne's 25 years old. Those are the types of guys when you're a rebuilding team, you listen, you're not going to hit on every one of these guys. There's going to be a guy that makes an impact. There's going to be a guy that is, spotty you know off and on you know you look at orlando brown cars i mean you talk about a a a guy that's hitting the market he's you know they gave up a first round draft pick for him to get him there but but then i had a bad season that's what i'm saying hate it yeah that's the that's the thing and i mean you're gonna is i think that the bears would be involved with him but then you're looking at that number of 25 mil per year and that's i mean that's where you're at so even just say like 23 and a half to 25 million per year and he is a guy that is adamant he's left tackle all the way so that's pushing 
you know, Braxton Jones over to the to the other side. It's just it's very, very interesting. Yeah, to see how it is. But I mean, I think age, you know, and I I brought up I brought up I'm not a huge McCole Hardman fan, but I think he is a guy that you could say I think he is a guy that would take a one year deal a prove it deal to to Absolutely. go to a team to be featured a little bit more out of the Kansas City offense and try to hit free agency again so when you when you're telling me that I could get a McCall Hardman on a one year deal here the way that you have to look at it is is he an upgrade over Dante Pettis is he an upgrade over Nikhil Harry yeah yes yeah. he is i mean just based on traits and I know this is a little bit different, not something that we're covering cars, but, you know, Nikhil Harry is a free agent. The Bears extended Equinemius St. Brown. So, And remember, we talked, if one of these yeah. guys made it to a second contract, yep. it is a big win. And listen, I know we know that EQ was without, not without his warts, yeah. but they, you know, he's, he's a locker room guy and they know, know what you're going to do. Um, yeah, wasn't it Ryan Cox? He had a great point. He's going to be able to teach the offense to DeAndre Hopkins when they pull off that trade. So Exactly. And that, and we haven't even gotten into that trade market. The one thing I want to go back to, and Shane, I think it is pretty funny, is there are a lot of teams out there that still think Orlando Brown is a right tackle only. Yeah. yeah. And 100% I would sit down and do that. Um, so but yeah. don't you don't you think – I mean, those there's teams that think that, but he's going to stay away from those teams if he hits the market. All day long. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't, you know, he's going to be in that rough position because I think we've talked a lot about it of there's not a ton of teams with a, a lot of cap space, you know, like especially on the good side of things. So is he, is he a guy that wants to, um, you know, is he a guy that just wants to get paid and doesn't care? You know, then then he's going to end up at the, you know, he's going to end up in Atlanta playing left tackle, right? Or he's going to get $25 million to go play uh, for yeah. Cincinnati, right? Or something like that. Cars, real quick before we move on, Adam Schefter just tweeted out, the NFL just announced that the Week 17 Buffalo Bills at Cincinnati Bengals game has officially been canceled. Perfect. Okay. So, there you go. They've, they've gone through with it. Um, yeah, Bullet, Bullets has a thing right here, Cars. What is, I'm not sure off the top of my head where the, that's the, his second point there about the Coles, the Poles connection. Uh, when they lost in the Super Bowl and they had all those offensive line problems, he, you know, they, they huddled up that next day and said that we need to revamp this offensive line. So he has a history with that. They were in, he was directly involved in getting Orlando Brown that, you know, it was a trade with Baltimore. Um, what are they looking like uh, financially in 2023? So they've got 33 guys under contract. They are at about just under 18 million of available cap space because uh, year one of, uh, some of the Mahomes money starts to kick in. Uh, Mahomes cap hit is forty-seven million. Yeah. Uh, next season, so it does. Uh, if if you're looking at keeping him, those that becomes moves of like Frank Clark, Chris Jones. Uh, you know they can't move away from Tooney. 
um, Justin Reed, they can't move away from. So they're, you know, they would well, have to Chris Jones. Move. If he hits the market, they will make Chicago will make a move. Oh, without a question all Him day and, long there. So there there's, there are deals to be restructured, but Kansas city is starting to enter into that territory where, um, you know, they are going to be punting a lot of oh, cap yeah. into the future. When you look at, you know, this year it looks fine, right? But when you start adding things like void years and other things, you're uh, you're basically just tying in money uh, that will screw you. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the bad part. You know, like I said, to go back to Philly, if you go to a lot of their contracts, there is a ton of that going oh, yeah. on. With within it, listen. You can, you can fuck around and get done what you need to get done in the cap. There's a way to always do it, but at some point, those bills are going to come due. You know, the Tony Soprano is going to be knocking at your door. Yeah, the cap is real and it's fake, right? What Kansas City has done that not everybody else has done though is like after 2023, 24 both uh, Jones and Frank Clark come off the books, right? So they so far to date have not sat down and punted a whole lot of money, but that's really going to come in to now determine as, as Mahomes' contract really kicks in, uh, you really have to wonder, right? Like his his numbers yeah. are, uh, you know, this year it's $35 million. Next year it's 46 44, 46. His last two years of that contract are north of 50 million, right? Like yeah. in 2027, he is just shy of 60 million. So, yeah. And I mean, doesn't he have some type of, doesn't he have some escalator in his contract that's included that he's got to be within a certain percentage of the top guys? I thought that there was something included, some craziness. Like he can't, somebody can't go out and be making, you know, 60 million and he's sitting back at, you know, 44 where he's going to, he's going to, there was some craziness with that contract. Yeah. I, I have to, remember. I have to find it. It's there is, there is something in there. What was interesting is, uh, you know, it was little things that he did. Like he had 10 million in signing bonus when he signed, which is nothing. And he only had 63 million of this money truly guaranteed at signing, but he has all these ridiculously easy roster bonuses sure. and things. So, and workout bonuses. So I don't, I don't know. I don't see anything other than the no trade clause that is in his contract. Um, I don't see anything else that is yeah. really there. Jimmy uh, has a, and he's not, I mean, Chase Claypool is not a wide receiver one. And that, that, listen, that's not, that's not a bad thing. You know, Chase, you, again, you have to look at it in the, let's just say that the bears go out and make a trade and bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Well, then you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney as your top three guys. And that that's, you have to look at them pretty much as a group. I never had any visions of Chase Claypool coming in coming here and being a number one alpha wide receiver. I just don't think that that's ever who who he was and I don't think that they I don't even think Ryan Poles expected 
that, even though they, you know, they gave up the two. But you look at the free agency crop of wide receivers, and when it's and led the by draft wide receivers, too. yeah, when it's led by Nicole Hardman and 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 guys like that, that's why it just means that if he was a free agent, that Chase Claypool would have been a day one day one signing by by Ryan Poles. That's what it, it means. And I and again I. I think what's always interesting about this, and this is kind of an argument I always get into, is at any point in time in the NFL, there are really five to maybe ten true number ones. You know, Allen Robinson wasn't a true number one, but he was a number one for us. So Chase Claypool, in that sense, can be. Yep. But you don't necessarily need to have a true number one. The first time uh, L.A. went to the Super Bowl, you know, they had Cooper Cup before he became Cooper Cup. They had Robert Woods and they had Brandon Cooks, right? Yeah. And and those were none of those guys at that point were number one wideouts. But they had enough guys to go through and cycle through that made it really difficult to guard anyone. If you have true three number twos, let's just say, on your team, yeah, that's actually a really, really good situation. Because there's not a true number one in this, that's why we keep talking about tight end being a position of need or potential place to sign. Because a guy like a Gusecki, who is more of a receiver that does some other things and is a mismatch piece, his play is elevated. The only reason his play is de-elevated right now is because of his coach and his quarterback. And oh, by the way, they just happened to add this Tyreek Hill guy and completely <laughs> ignored the, the, the tight ends in the room. So I don't really put so much, like you're not, even if you get Hopkins, right, he's not going to be a true number one anymore. It's it's not who he is, but he is a number one on your football team, and that is more than enough. Oh, yeah, that's why I think you have to look at them as a group. Yes. You have to look at those three as as a group. You know, he is, and I don't want to say he's older, but he's not, you're not getting D-Hop at 26 or, or 27 years old, but that's, why the compensation is probably going to be lower than what most, I mean, there's people that are saying that the bears need to go all in. Well, the compensation that you give up for Deandre Hopkins may not be as high as you think if they are looking at his number and, and just getting off of that deal. But you have to, I mean, it, it's just, it's just really crazy. Uh, wide, you know, running the the newer kind of thing in the NFL right now is running back by committee and wide receiver by committee. And you know, when when those things get up and get moving, um, you know, it makes a big difference. When you can sit down and kind of interchange some pieces, you can you can do all those things. Um, you know, I, I just think it makes a whole a whole lot of sense. And I, I've seen this a couple of different times. I understand um, he's it's not a big sexy signing, but um, you know, I don't think we're gonna be in the market to be drafting a tight end. Maybe if he's by far and away the best player. But that's that seems to be more of a free agency chess piece to me because of the needs everybody everywhere else. Yeah, I think that they're going to be looking at more instant impact. And when you look at tight ends, yeah, there's there's going to be the guys, you know, the some guys that can come in and and make that instant impact at tight end in in year one. But still, it is overall pretty rare. And 
you add a Schultz or a Gasecki at yeah. tight end, that instantly makes Cole Komet's job a whole lot easier, and it just it improves your offense overall immediately. And it gives it gives your quarterback another place to look, right? Another place to go uh, when it's third down, right? Right now, the only place he's really looking is Cole Komet. Some of that's injury, and and some of that's some other you know interesting use cases. But other than that, you know, no, I think it's it, you need to do you need to do uh, a lot of work here. And to this question, yes, I have. Listen, he is still. The issue I have for him is he's nicked up more. He's on the other side of 30. Uh, there have been some games where I thought he was truly dominant, but there have been some other games where I felt like you want to see more from him. I don't know if some of that is just attitude post that Kyler Murray uh, blow up on the sidelines and if he is over the uh, Arizona experience. But Arizona, the reason I have, we talk about Hopkins a lot, especially with the Steve Kime stuff, is they could be in a situation, their coach is gone, their yep. GM is gone, and they've got a they've got a reset. And they're saddled with Kyler Murray at quarterback. <laughs> a guy who they didn't want to, but wanted to have a con clause in his contract that he actually had to study the playbook. Yeah, absolutely. So it's yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Yeah, Mike Evans is the name. I saw somebody in the chat brought that up. Mike Evans is the name. It all depends on, you know, Mike uh, Tom Brady bounces and they need to do a reset there and make some moves. Mike Evans is a guy that that could clearly come available. I know everybody's getting excited about Devontae Adams. I'm just not sure that's going to be in the plans because I think that they're going to be a team that wants to bring in a quarterback and when you have a rookie quarterback and you can surround him with Waller and Devontae Adams, that's that's a pretty nice uh pretty nice security blanket for a rookie uh, rookie quarterback. The biggest question mark for me, unfortunately, for uh for 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 Tampa is uh Tampa is forty million over the cap for next year. I know a few people have said Godwin, but Godwin's got an additional twelve million in dead cap if they cut him. You can save about two million, uh, but they basically added a thirty-five million dollar void year onto Tom Brady's deal that has really pushed them, pardon me, over the over the cap. So that is why, you know, one of the guys I listed as a free agency, Jamel Dean from Tampa, is a very real possibility. They're not going to be able to sign him. Uh, but Tampa is in a lot of trouble. Uh, oh yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to free up forty million in cap space unless they somehow bring Tom Brady in and can restructure. Well, let's throw another name in here, Cars. You and I talked about it a little bit offline, and people may be shocked. But another team that's in some financial uh, despair and a team that could be without their Super Bowl winning quarterback moving forward, a uh, team that has bottomed out this year. There could be sh shocking names that are available in the NFL. And what happens if the Rams hit the button on a reset? I mean... It and you see a guy like Cooper Cup become available. Not saying that they don't believe in Cooper Cup, but these are the types of moves that teams that... When they're gonna clear the deck, they clear the deck and they, you know, they try to to 
they have to make uncomfortable moves. I'm not saying that that is something that's going to happen, but I, I just think that there's moves out there that we aren't aware of that we haven't even talked about yet, but that is, that is a name that would move the needle. It's, it's absolutely true. And, and there, you know, when you look at and talk about this off season, they are, sorry, there's a light there. Um, They are one of the teams that I'm most fascinated to watch because their cap situation, they're three million over, but they have a whole bunch of guys like Aaron Donald, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd is over $20 million. You know, if Matt Stafford retires, that's a, an additional almost $30 million a cap hit. They've got this guy, Allen Robinson, who they can't cut because his is there. You know, that's, like, that's my point. It's funny because, I'll listen, we get cars. You know how it is. We're TTNL Network. We have a lot of fans, and we get DMs and, and text messages and emails and, you know, constantly from people. Even when we're live on air, I can look down at my phone and my – my DMs are flooded, people asking questions and stuff like that. And we love it. But you bring up a name, like there's going to be a group of people out there. I brought up Cooper Cop. They're like, oh, you're fucking crazy. This is what the NFL is. This is how Philly trades for AJ Brown. I went, you look at the, the as of two weeks ago, the top out of the top five receiving leaders in the NFL. And I mentioned this before. Four of them were traded for. Four of them. It and, happens all the time. And it, you, we have to add in the the weird one-offs, right? Like everything that's happening in Denver right now is a complete issue for the way that that roster it, and the massive extension that comes in. What are they going to do? You know, they don't have a first-round pick this year. They could cut Russell Wilson, designate him post June 1st, save some money. Then do you start trading young picks because you need to get back into the first round and do this? If you want to look really to me, Shane, and I don't know how you feel, but like the teams of fascination for me, the Rams, the Bucks, the Saints, uh, Jacksonville somehow is massively over the cap next year. Uh, the L.A. Chargers, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, and see, that's a name. You look at the Chargers, everybody's going to go to Keenan Allen. Now, that is a name, but that is one that would give me severe pause. But saw, Mike Williams. Yeah. Acevedo brought up another name that I know people have talked about. I'm out on Michael Thomas. When you're talking about all the, the multiple foot injuries yep. with a guy that's not an explosive guy in the first place, Love the player when he's healthy. I just can't go down that road with a wide receiver of his size when he's got multiple foot issues. Agreed. I don't think that that gets any better moving forward. No, and and to your point, there's always going to be someone that that comes up. You know, uh, the name I keep floating around, right? Amari Cooper, because of the way that Cleveland has somewhat mismanaged their cap. And the big deal for for them, and really the way that this was a team. It's another that, name there too, Steve. Great, yes. one that we've talked about. Yeah, Jerry Judy, absolutely. But like Amari Cooper, and the way that that team has completely fallen apart, and and you know you want to see his numbers. They're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty okay, all things considering everything else that's gone on there. 
Um, but there, there is going to be someone uh, that that pops up that you're going to be like, yeah, exactly. No and idea. I mean, to Alex H's point, I think we are, but we're, we're talking, we're talking. This is the trade market that we're talking about in all of these deals because there's going to be teams that need to clear the deck. Fine, it's listen. It's how the Chargers got Khalil Mack. Yeah, the Bears didn't trade Khalil Mack. Yes, there was some issues and some some injury concerns, but it was mainly financial. There's other teams that are going to be out there where the Bears are going to acquire the more talented player because of the financial number that is attached to them to give relief to the other side. And you're like, wow, they got this guy for this pick. And that is, again, where this all ties in. You go from number one to number two down to number four or number five or number six. You talk to Carolina all the way down to where Carolina is that has all these extra picks to float to you. This opens up the, the door even more. Don't forget, A.J. Brown was traded for on draft day, and their fucking head coach didn't even know it until the news was broken live on TV. There's video of it out there. He was furious. They made the trade live on air. They're showing him in the war room. He slammed his pen down on the table and got up and walked out of the room because he was pissed. So this is something that's not going to happen. You know, the Bears made, if you remember, the Bears made the, the Brandon Marshall trade uh, as soon as the league year opened up. Uh, Phil Emery did when they made the trade with Miami. Yep. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen. You know, when the league year opens up, it, it can happen on draft day. It can, it can really happen anytime. But I think you're going to see an emphasis on the defensive line and the offensive line in free agency, like cars broke down for you. If they're going to go out and acquire an alpha at wide receiver or what they deem as somebody that would be a number one on this roster. That's going to be that's in the trade market all day long, cars. And there's no other way be, around it. They're not going to be first round picks. No, nope. like most of these guys that you're talking about, this isn't going to be a young ascending AJ Brown in a move that got that general manager absolutely fired, right? Yep. Like these, these are these are going to be picks. Brandon Marshall was not a first round pick. Now we got greater than first round work for him, but that wasn't. That wasn't at all what he cost. Um, yeah. One other one. Um, so I'm good with Buckner. I'm not good with Miles Murphy. Your D line no. is still not off uh, close to set. You still. I'm not a Murphy. Would, I'm not a. I, I don't want to. I don't want to break news here. Uh, I know we'll be covering it on Draft Mob, but I'm not a Miles Murphy guy in the least. If you're telling me Tyree Wilson, whole different story for me. Yeah, Miles Murphy to me is uh, everything we wanted John Theory, uh, Michael Haynes, <laughs> and others to be, yeah. which is this physical specimen that when it comes time to actually put it on the on the field, you're kind of left wanting more. Uh, great, like he, Alonzo Spellman would probably be that combination for me, right? Those long, muscular arms, you're like, all right, this is going to be a guy that can do that. You can go. I think absolutely there would be picks – Buckner, um, I think that would be a move they would do. Buckner's in his last year of a deal. It would not preclude, you know, Indy would still have to give us a first next year. It doesn't save yep. them anything because of his age. Uh, well, and it, and it's it, they're coming up for a QB. 
So that they're not trading up to replace Buckner. You know what I mean? They're they're oh, yeah. they're on the move up for a quarterback, and that's where you can hold their feet. To, oh, you do you want to run it back with with Nick Foles next year? Sam Ellinger, so, let's go. Yeah, have fun. See ya. I mean, it it's it's really we've kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, I think you and Ben, I I think you're right. The one wild card that Shane and I were talking about early. Yeah. Is most likely this is going to be Lovey Smith's last ever game as an NFL head coach. I don't think there's any chance he's coming back. He's the type of guy that will sit down and say, you know what? I want to go out as win a winner. Win one for the Gipper. Yeah, I want to <laughs> win my last game ever. So we're going to lay it all out on the table. It would not shock me. Um, But, you know, really... Really, the the most interesting thing for us, and this is, again, why we started off what we did early today, the best thing to happen for the Bears is that Stroud, Mm -hmm. um, Young go high, and that Levis and Anthony Richardson move up into the top 10 or top 15 because the ability that they would have to double trade down and still get value completely plays if you go down I, I say it a lot right if you go down to like five for Indy and they go up to pick up CJ Stroud and you're sitting there now at five with Detroit Atlanta Las Vegas if you're Carolina are you looking to move up for a quarterback that you love at that point you probably are and so the ability to well let, let everybody know what Carolina's got for ammunition I mean, I Carolina's got critical. two twos, two threes. They've got a first round, you know, multiple first round picks in the future. But they have Carolina makes the most amount of they sense. They also have a defensive end that we could use. Brian Burns would be pretty nice, but he, you're probably getting him if they if they move straight up from that nine, which I would do. I would take the nine and Brian Burns and their trade package over the five Buckner and Indies trade package. No questions asked. I don't know how you would feel about that, but all the picks that Carolina could give me, absolutely, I would take over. Yeah, and you're and you're, but you're you're including like Indies one next year. Next year, right? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, the the Bears are going to have options. I saw somebody put in there. Um, they're running back. The Bears aren't. The Bears aren't going to be involved in a draft day trade. Trading for a. I mean, as good as Taylor is, they're not they're not making a trade for a running back. They're they they want pick uh they want picks back and they want they would want somebody like Buckner or Kenny Moore or you know what I mean? Th- those or Buckner are the, and Kenny Moore. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's that's where they're gonna ask, be looking ask at. for it all. I mean it, yeah. it's what's gonna be interesting. Oh, you have to. You have to. You you add listen. Polls has said that you build through the draft, right? They ripped it down to the studs. I mean, Adam, the, the simple fact of the matter is Flus is safe because they completely knew that they ripped the roster down all the way to the studs. We've talked, at sadly, way too much about how the fact that this team has more in dead cap than they do in active salary. They knew that they were throwing this all the way apart. What does getting... Adam, let me ask you a question. What does getting, what does firing Matt Eberflus, 
one year into a complete teardown rebuild do for your franchise? For Put someone the- that is setting a culture and may listen, I understand there are moves and things to disagree with. Sure. Did- um, but like little things we asked moves them, and things we could disagree with bill belichick this year you know what i, I mean? mean it's just he hired a defensive coordinator to be yeah. an offensive coordinator this year that's that's insane um there are but like I, all of you guys spent all season going where's deeter where's deeter 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 look what happened he got destroyed this week I'm not saying it justifies the Sam Mustafer, but if those are the type of bodies that they have available, yeah, it's why they lost, and they all know it. Yeah, so, I mean, Eberflus in talking to Joniak in the in the Bears podcast, essentially he they brought up Dieter and you know kind of his story and and where he's coming from. Great, great dude, uh, and everything like that, but. Eberflus just came out and said he is a guy that adds to our depth on this team. So he phrased it. He just essentially told of where they think that he is. And that's, that's fine. And I know that Phil would, Phil would disagree, but he's listen, it doesn't mean that Dieter can't go out there and improve and, and play this week. But I'll tell you what, if Dieter, isn't playing this week, that's going to tell you exactly what this regime thinks about Dieter Iceland moving into 2023. Would you agree with that, Cars? I think I think the, the way that I look at it is it took your number one guard your, uh, getting injured, your backup guard getting injured, a right tackle that they tried to throw at guard not working before Dieter finally got a shot yep right yep. and and so no no shame to the player right he had a he had a long haul to even get here and and he's made tremendous progress yeah. but and let's uh i see adam uh put his comment up here and it you know and that's i'm glad he he talked about it and listen this can be an uncomfortable subject but let's we will talk about it here uh Let's be honest. The guy that they moved off of last year after one year, Houston did. They didn't want to hire Lovey. They wanted to hire Josh McCown as the next head coach of the Houston Texans. And then what happened? Everything transpired in Miami. Uh, why am I blanking on the guy's name? Oh, uh, Pittsburgh. Brian. Um, yeah, what's the, I know somebody will put it in the chat. Brian Flores. Flores. Uh, with him suing the NFL and, and suing the, the the Dolphins and the in the Rooney Rule, and Houston looked at that and they said we're going to hire this guy with no head coaching experience whatsoever. That's the the white dude, and that was going to open up a whole another issue. So they brought in a guy that was there already, Lovey Smith. Had a background, obviously, in the NFL here. Everybody knows it. But when Lovey goes, next head coach of the Houston Texans is going to be Josh McCown. Cars, wouldn't you be kind of surprised if it's not at this point? Well, and to fully rewind, they wanted to hire him the year they hired McCulley first. 
and everybody laughed at them. So the only reason they ended up not doing it was the whole Deshaun Watson thing uh, that fell apart. So they, they needed a scapegoat, but they figured we'll get this year in between and then we'll get our guy. And then to your point that that's what happened. McCown is the guy that they are desperate to, to, yep. to hire. They have been for two years. From some reports, it sounded like they tried to force him to be the offensive coordinator yeah. for yeah. Lovey Smith. And Lovey Smith said, hell no, my boy Pep is going to be the one to do it. Um, so the reason, the reason that Lovey is on the hot seat is because this is just a really bad franchise that has told its move. It, it would be McCown being there will be like Jeff Saturday uh, being the head coach again next year yeah. of Indy. And which I think is also all but written in, in stone at this point, unless they can pry someone yeah. away. And what I would say to this, Alex, is there's a game within the game where you can float information to the media that you know that they're going to run with. In the 90s, Pam, Pam Anderson was on the top of my list. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. The, She just didn't want the job yeah. either. So, you know. It's... She just happened to be in my house. Yeah. I just couldn't get any of that. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, that, listen, they use the media for, for a lot of things to, to put out there. It happens with draft prospects. And, of course, they're going to, they're going to float that out there. And I just, I would be shocked if it's not Josh McCown. And then that kind of, listen, if, if, if Josh McCown is the, the next head coach of the Houston Texans, they're 100% taking quarterback. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's going to be Bryce young because he's going to put butts in the seats yep. and because they can convince themselves in the dome and South and the good weather that they could play him. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, are you done with the uh, – do you have anything yeah. more to put up there? No, we're good. But yeah, so this is what we're going to do. We don't really have a, a game plan. I know Cars and I are going to probably talk a little bit uh, this week, this weekend. We never talk. Uh, yeah, no, never. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, obviously, TTNL is going to be transitioning a little bit into off-season mode. I know we're going to be uh, covering the the – Bears off-season presser uh, live like we always do. Um, but I just want to share with you guys uh, one of the biggest reasons that these shows have been unlocked so often lately is to kind of take you behind the scenes. And this is, if you like this talk, if you like these subjects, uh, this is what we do at TTNL. Yes. in the off season, uh, especially over on the, on the patron side. And if there's a patron in the, in the uh, chat room. They, they will vouch for it because when we are going to be talking about Deandre Hopkins and breaking him down, we're going to have all 22 of Deandre Hopkins. When we're talking about Will Anderson and him screaming off the edge, we're going to have all 22 at our disposal for all these draft prospects, uh, draft mob. We will have draft prospects each and every week here talking to them, uh, kind of trying to unlock. And I think that they like this uh, group that we have. They get very, very comfortable. They open up. Uh, if you go back, you know, Cole Strange is a guy that people didn't know a hell of a lot about last year. 
snuck into that first round. And when we interviewed him on Draft Mob last year, live on air, my phone was going off. And I looked down, and who's on my phone? The director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, reaching out to me for a copy of our patron-only show of Draft Mob with Cole Strange because Cole was talking about how important it was for him to go to the Senior Bowl. And I'm like, Jesus, I can't. Hey, Jim, you want to sign up and be a patron? Because that's patron-only access. <laughs> no, but I, I made sure he got a copy of it. But that's that shows you the reach, and that shows you people are always watching. So if you are not a patron, head over to www.thetapeneverlies.com. Sign up. It's for seven bucks. Uh, it's right there at the bottom of the screen. Join our push to a thousand patrons. Sign up. It's seven dollars, and it's going to be the the best seven dollars you spend. It seven bucks will get you through the month, and you're going to get access to all TTNL content, draft mob, cars, keys, keeping it one hundred is is obviously open every week. Uh, Eric Kramer, quarterback school. Yeah, we. We're going to be breaking it all down. Bullets every week, right? Absolutely. Like we're going to pick on bullets like you can't. We're believe. thinking about adding an old news show, yeah, with bullets where he reports news from 1983 and <laughs> and previous, you know, as as breaking news now. So I know he's really excited about that. But now, if you love the NFL draft, if you love NFL free agency, you're going to want to sign up to be a patron. Like I said, it's nothing that you're locked into. If you sign up for it. And you decide at the end of your 30 days that it's you, you know, don't want to spend another seven bucks moving forward. You don't have to. You can cancel your subscription. But uh, we don't get a lot of complaints about it. People really, really love it. And if you want to learn more about the Chicago Bears and this offseason, if you love this free content, you'll definitely love the premium content that we put out there. So uh, check it out, sign up for it. And I think you guys will really love it. That being said, cars. Tomorrow night, sick podcast. I know you gotta be there at four p.m. East. Is that is it? Is that airing live at four p.m. East? I haven't heard any follow up, so as soon as I do, I will let everybody know. But yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll we'll announce it here uh, and definitely on Twitter and share it. I'll shoot Adam Rank a text uh, as soon as we wrap up here. Uh, but. If you guys are TTNL fans, make sure and get over in the chat, the sick podcast with Adam Rank. Show your support to our guy Cars, making his debut with the with the legend Adam Rank of NFL Network. It's going to be fun. So uh, throw those. I hope hashtags. I don't have to have any names though, or anything. Like, am I going to have to like know things or people or anything like that? Probably. Yeah, it's going to be really, really <laughs> intense. Just I think you're pretty good. If you get a, show up there with Adam Rank, just tell him that you love the Dodgers and you hate the Angels, and he'll you'll be his best friend. Yeah, Sohei Otani is one of the most overrated baseball players <laughs> in the history of baseball. That'll go over well. Yeah. So yeah. See, Adam, he knows. He loves being a patron. So yeah, guys, check it out. Uh, we're going to have all the content for you. And as I said, I, there's no bullshit cars. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I think this is going to be the single most significant off season that can uh, shape this franchise moving forward and catapult Justin Fields into where we want him to be. But it's going to take work from this front office, from the new team president, from Justin Fields, and from everybody below them. Uh, there's a lot of work to do. And I think they have the right people in place to do that work led by number one. Don't fall for the bullshit that the 
beat reporters are spewing about Justin Fields. Uh, we got our guy. He's going to be here. They have an alpha at quarterback. Yes, he needs work. He'll get there. Totally believe in the kid. Got anything else you want to wrap up, Cars? You guys rock. Thank you. And uh, we'll probably get together for maybe one more time, and then I'm going to ride off into the sunset uh, until the next season. That's how it's going to end. No, no, no. <laughs> He's full of shit. The B and Draft Mob stands for Bears Nerd. <laughs> we'll get him there. But, yeah, we'll see you guys. That means if next week is the last week of Cars Keys, that means this Sunday is the last show of BHL for the season. So we'll end the show like we always do on a little BHL promo. Nathan Peterman, the tank master. Don't fuck it up, Nate. We throw that picks. seventh pick. You can you can fit it into that window anytime. If he goes out there and throw. throws six touchdowns and the Bears win, that's going to give Steve Bartman the biggest relief ever as the, oh. he, Peterman will be the biggest villain in Chicago. By far. By so, far. Let's get out of here. BHL this week. Cars tomorrow night. Sick podcast with Adam Rank. Get in there. Support our guy. We love you guys. We'll see you then. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, get up, and then they got